God, we thank you this morning. We thank you this morning, God. We bless your name today, God, because we know that it is only by your grace and your mercy, God, that we are still here, God. Another opportunity that you've given us to get it right. So we just want to thank you this morning, God. I ask right now, God, as I stand before your people, God, as I decrease, God, that you would increase, God. Your spirit will stand up in me, God. That they will be able to hear, God, not my voice, God, but be hear your voice. For your word says that your, your sheep hear your voice and they follow you because they know you. Not the minister, not the pastor, not the bishop, not the pope. They follow you, God. So I ask right now, God, that those, God, hearts would be open to receive the word today, God. These are perilous times, God. And we need to hear from you, God. So I ask right now, God, have your way. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I begin to read this, uh, this scripture and begin to study, I ask the Holy Spirit, what does, it, what does this scripture mean when we, when we look at this? Uh, does it mean that as Christian uh, believers, we, we will not suffer trials and tribulation in life? Does it mean that, that we won't experience pain, sorrow as we pick up our cross and follow Christ daily? No, beloved. It does not mean that all of life's misfortunes will simply overlook God's children because evil is prevalent in our fallen world. Psalms 34, 19 says the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from all. Does it mean that that since we have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ that we and we have received God's amazing grace, we are now free to live our lives the way we see fit? Because God will work out our self-serving choices for our own good fortune. Proverbs 16, 9 says, a man's heart plans his way, but it's the Lord who directs his steps. As I begin to deep dive into Romans 8, 28, in its context, what the scripture revealed to me, what the spirit of God revealed to me is that in spite of my circumstances, my hardship, all the chaos happening in the world around me, Romans 8 truly means that God is sovereign over all things. That word sovereign, sovereign means a supreme ruler. Look here, for God to be sovereign, all, for God to be sovereign, God must be all-knowing. God has to know everything because if he didn't, it would say that God is imperfect. For God to be sovereign, nothing that happens in, in life is apart from God's purposeful activity. For God to be sovereign, nothing exists except in relationship to God. Romans eleven thirty six says, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. 
Listen, if God were not sovereign, the supreme ruler, it would end his reign because there was something that God did not know and were not in control of. In his sovereignty, God not only determines the end, but he also controls all the necessary means to accomplish those ends. More times than not, God works and weaves and his guidance and rule with the intention for you and I to see the bigger picture. You see, if what you see is all you see, then you do not see all there is to be seen. See, what is clear to me about Romans 8.28 is God is capable and has the, cap uh, the capability to, to, to manage every aspect of our, of our lives. And he demonstrates it in the fact that all things work together for good to those who love God. You know, look, the Lord is never caught off guard by what happens in the world or in our lives. You, you won't catch God going, wow, I never thought that would happen. You, you won't, you'll never see God scratching his head going, well, I didn't expect that to plan that way. I didn't expect that to go that way. You, he's never caught off guard by what happens because he's sovereign. Now, while Romans 8.28 is such a great verse of hope to those who believe God is sovereign as the supreme ruler, the verse, however, is also misunderstood and misapplied. I want to talk about that. Let me give you an example. Let's say someone loses their job because of a layoff. That is devastating on many different levels. I know because I've been there. It would be superficial to say to that person, well, brother, well, sister, based on Romans 8.28, all things work together for good. You're going to get a better job with a higher pay <laughs> because that may not be true. Please understand that God is able to fix all things. Don't get me wrong, because he is absolute sovereign of the universe and nothing can occur that, that lies outside of his will. However, what I have learned in my walk with Christ is that God in his sovereignty uniquely prepares and chooses us for the journey of going through difficulty and dealing with our circumstances. And in the process of working through and around, leaning and trusting and believing on him, we grow in our faith and our testimony encourages other believers to continue to press forward in spite of difficulties. Because the ultimate goal while we are here on earth is to be growing more and more like Jesus Jesus Christ was solely dependent on the Father as the source. Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, was completely and totally dependent on his Father. So to the extent that you and I realize our dependence on God, we are daily being conformed a little bit more into the image of his Son, Jesus as I think about my own life, and maybe this is true for, for you, through this pandemic, 
I have been reminded that I do not control my life or the world around me. These trying times have shown me that I must be completely dependent upon God. And if I think for one second that I am in control of all things, that is merely an illusion. Let's get going today. Guided by the Spirit of God, let's take a deep dive into the Scripture uh, and understand how all things work together for the good to those who love God. A couple of Bible truths I want to cover today. First, the first one we're going to talk about is spiritual realm goodness. The good we seek does not compare to God's goodness for us in the spiritual realm. We're going to talk about that. Then the second we'll cover is love for God. Let me ask you, since you've been uh, in, since you've been at home, not able to go out, let me ask you this. Have you replaced your love for him with other things? <laughs> and then I want to close with uh, new life during trials. In the midst of your tribulation, can you elevate spiritually? From our text, and I'm, and I'm pray, paraphrasing here, if we, if we love God and we belong to God, God can take all things that are bad, disappointment, or evil in themselves, and he can cause them to work for his purpose and are ultimately benefiting us according to his will for our life in the spiritual realm. What am I talking about? Look here. Paul is primarily referring to our spiritual good and not necessarily our material or financial good when we look at this verse. The good God may have in mind may involve the next life entirely and not the present. Oh, Anthony, what, what are you talking about? Look at, look at Luke chapter 16. Jesus spoke about a beggar named Lazarus and a rich man. Our Savior shared with us that Lazarus, uh, day after day, laid at the rich man's gates, covered with sores, desiring to be fed from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Oh, what a life. The Bible says that, 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 that he... he the, the only friends he really had was the dogs that came and licked his sores. If you know the story, Lazarus died and the Bible said he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man died and the word says that he was buried. It goes on to say that while the rich man was suffering in Hades, he desired to have a drop of water from the fingertip of Lazarus. And upon this request, Abraham replied in Luke 16, 25, he said, he said, but, but, but son, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things. While Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Spiritual realm goodness. 
I used loss of job as an example earlier. God may take someone from a good paying, well paying job in order to shake them from the materialistic lifestyle that does not honor biblical priorities. And to be honest, they may not never have a good high paying job again. Maybe they have an issue with pride and God removes them from from their uh, position of authority to humble them. In certain conditions in, 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 in this life, it may seem unfair, but God is just. He is the potter and we are the clay. You will not always be able to, to figure it out why God does what he does or allow something to happen. But in his sovereignty, God brings his plan to unfold through actions in everyone's life. And we are responsible as followers of Christ of how we respond. Look here, the spirit in Romans 8, 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children of God, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. Listen, in every situation, in every circumstance, we must put our trust in God. There is no greater poverty than the absence of hope. Don't try to understand so that you can believe. No, believe so that you can understand. We have sonship through the spirit who bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And it is by it is by in sharing in Christ's suffering that we eventually will be able to share in his glory. Look here. There is no greater riches than those true riches of Christ. Spiritual realm goodness. Oh, God has some goodness for us. Let me be clear. Now, I'm not saying. That the material blessing cannot be included in, 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 in the good in Romans 8.28. That's not what I'm saying. The point I'm, I'm making is that we tend to apply the promise of this very, uh, of, of, of clearing to apply the promise of this verse purely to the materialistic way and fail not to take account the spiritual realm, which is ultimately more important than the material Understand what I'm saying? We, we, we must not interpret good from the narrow perspective of materialistic. Having a lot does not mean that you have favor with God and having less does not mean that you don't. From God's perspective in this verse, good must be defined in the spiritual terms. See, the ultimate good of God's glory and he is glorified when his children live as Christ did and attain the glory he, he destined for us in Romans uh, 8.38. Look here. Moreover, whom he predestined, those he also called, whom he called, those he also justified, and those whom he justified, those he also glorified. God uses our trials to build Christian character in us. To conform us to Christ and prepare us for final glory. For final glory. Look here. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, 
hope. God's plan for prosperity for us is fully attained when we reside with him in paradise. So good in the verse should be understood in the spiritual, which is far more greater than our material good. It's nice to have nice things. Oh, but the treasures that we have in heaven. Oh, my God. Listen, because God is sovereign and loving, we should know that even in the most tragic of circumstances, we may undergo as part of his loving design for our life. And, 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 and from it, it brings good. He brings good from it. That which is moral and sometimes tangibly beneficial. Now, now there is a caveat and it's often overlooked when we're looking in this verse. And that's all things work together for the good to those who love him. To love him. What does it mean to love God? John 14, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. What are those commandments? Let's see, Lord, you got so many commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt shall love the Lord. Thou shalt uh, uh, obey my parents. There, there's so many going. But, but what, what I love about it and the Christ and the simplicity of it is Christ broke it down and simplified it to two. He said in Matthew 22, 37 through 40, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as himself. He says, these two, these two carry all of the other commandments. So let me see. So if we have love for God, if we have a true love for God, remain obedient, our circumstances, be it bad, unfavorable, uncomfortable, God will work it out if we let him in his own timing. Oh, it's in his own timing. You know, when I think about God working it out in his own timing, it makes sense when I look at James uh, 1, 2, 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials and tribulations of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Oh, you don't know how strong your faith is till it's been tested. See, God will not necessarily take our issues away from us, but he, what he'll do is he'll, he'll work them out for us according to his plan because he has a purpose for our life. And that purpose is for us to, to build spiritually, preparing us for glorification. Listen, I'm a strong believer that the situation we are in today, while it may seem like it will never end, God in his sovereignty is working it out. Even if we can't see him working, he's working. He's working. He's working it out for those who are called according to his purpose and for those that love him. As believers, one of our purposes, one of God's purposes for our life is for us to continue carrying out the marching orders. And that is growing God's kingdom here on earth. Paul wrote in his second letter, uh, Paul wrote in his second letter to the, to the Corinthians, since we know what it is to fear the Lord, meaning since we know what it is to have reverence for the Lord, since we know what it is to trust in the Lord, since we know that God is sovereign, we should be persuading others. 
Christ said, uh, uh, the great and in and, and, and the commandment that he left for us in Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you till the end of age. You know, since this has happened, God hasn't stopped, and if we are followers of Christ, we are to serve like Christ downward under authority and in spite of without a doubt this pestilence one of biblical proportions God shut the whole world down God is sovereign he shut the whole world down this pandemic is a result of of the world's growing sin issue the world today is no different than the children of Israel during the, the reign of King Azar in the Old Testament. We've replaced the true God with idol worship. What am I talking about? For a long, look at look, 2 Chronicles 15, 3 through 6. The Bible says, for a long time, Israel was without the true God. But when, they're, but when they're in trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, and he was found. Look here in verse 5. And in those times, there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on all of the inhabitants of the land. So nation was destroyed by nation and city uh, by city for God trouble them with every adversary oh god's trying to get our attention listen the bible is not referencing there uh, that there was no belief in god in verse three no that's not what they're saying but the living god the true god had somehow been replaced with the false gods idolatry have you replaced your love for god with other things because you're not in the church building. You, you replace your love for God with other things. Because you're not around church folks. You replace your love of God for other things. Listen, God, while he is sovereign, he will not compete with our will. He will release you and I to our consequences of our abandonment from him. Oh, like any other good parent. Don't touch the stove. It's hot. Don't touch the stove, it's hot. Touch the stove. You get burnt. Oh, God is such a good prayer. God has, God, God has, God troubled the Israelites then on every adversary, and he is definitely aware of the situation we are living in now. Listen, this divine disruption is only to get our attention and remind us that the good we seek, the good we desire is not as good as what he has for us. Oh, my God. Paul points out that the entire world groans for new life in Romans 8.28. Creation itself groaning. That the world is suffering. It is growing through pains like an expecting mother in labor who wants to deliver her child. Paul is sharing the truth that, that the world is suffering, racked by cataclysm. However, he uses the metaphor of pains of childbirth, which has a joyous outcome. 
New life. New life. New life. As I get ready to close, I'm not going to keep you long. As I get ready to close, new life during trials, in the middle, in the midst of your tribulation, can you elevate? During this time, can you elevate? Or, or, or has this time begun to just drag you down and drag you down when you should be growing closer to God? So how can we gain new life in this situation we are in right now? God being the apologist that he is, he's placed a provision for us for this new life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, one of my favorite. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all has become new. For us to receive the spiritual goodness God has for us, we must get back to our first love. God. Sovereign God. We must continue to keep him first in every aspect of our life, be it good, bad, or indifferent. When this pandemic ends, don't go back to being normal because normal is what got us in this predicament in the first place. Keep God first. Be different. Keep his commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and put nothing before him. Let this time be a transformative time to elevate your spiritual being. Look here. Could this window of time make our homes into a kind of sanctuary where we Meet God or reunite your relationship with him. Could this time right now in our homes be the space where our eyes are open to God in new ways? Where our eyes are open to what is more important and what is most essential? Look here, God has removed the distractions, the hustle and bustle of life and allowing us to discover our shadow side, our dark side and invite the, the light of God, the love of God into and bring us healing and make us whole. Look, don't squander the opportunity, but allow God to do what he wants to do in you. He wants to change you and prepare you for glorification. If you have any doubt whatsoever about God's goodness, about God's worthiness of being trusted, simply spend some time with Jesus. And as you spend that time Know that out of love, he became like you. He became a human and stepped out of glory. And after living a perfect life, he voluntarily laid his life down on an old rugged cross and, and experienced an excruciating and painful death, a degrading death. And our God was able to take the most tragic ugly worst moment in human history and transform it into the most beautiful gift the world has ever known so let me reflect on uh, again on Romans 8:28 and I'm going to get us out of here the verse essentially promises that nothing 
will touch our lives that is not under the control and direction of our loving Heavenly Father. Everything we do and say, every, everything people say to us, say about us, every experience that we will have all sovereignly used for his goodness and our spiritual development. Listen, we may not always understand how the things we experience work for good. We may not always understand, and we certainly, we certainly would not always enjoy them. But what we do know that nothing, and I mean nothing, comes in, into our lives that God does not allow and he does not use for his own useful purpose. Put your life in God's hands. Put your life in God's hands in all things. All things. And I looked it up in the Greek. All things means all things will start to work for your ultimate good spiritually as God weaves life into something truly glorious and beautiful. Listen, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And he predestined those he also called, whom he also called, he also justified, and whom he also justified, those he also glorified. God is sovereign and he truly does work out all things if we let him. Sovereign God. These are those times right now. Can you elevate during these times? Have you, have you disconnected yourself during these times? Get back in with God. The praise to Let him work it out. Trust and believe. Come on everybody, open your mouth him. and worship the Lord. He's worthy of the glory. Because he's so worthy. He deserves the praise today. He's so worthy. Come on everybody all over the room, open the your creation, mouth and worship. He's so worthy. Lift your hands and bless him in this place. Let's say this. Simple song. My hallelujah belongs to you. My God, just lift your hands and say that. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs to you. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Not my, my situation. Hallelujah Not what's going on in my world. It belongs you. to you, God. Because you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. Thank you, Jesus. You deserve it. Lift your hands and say that. You hallelujah. deserve it. Yes, my hallelujah. My hallelujah. Sing it, Come on, y'all gotta come on, say, my hallelujah. Let the Lord know. Let the Lord know, not your situations. From the bottom of your heart, lift your voice. My hallelujah. But he's gonna get your hallelujah because he deserves it. Hallelujah. Lord, my hall
Let us close out in prayer. Father God, we do deserve it, God. We deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Because you are still in control. It's not the government. It's not the the world leaders. it's It's you, God, who is still in control. And let us not forget that. Help us to remember, God, that you are in control, God. 
Keep us grounded, God, in your word. Keep us grounded, God, in our spirituality. Keep us grounded, God, and help us to know that, God, our strength, our helps comes from you. You are the source. God, there are many right now, God, that are that are in a place and it, it is hard and it is it is tough right now, God. But but give them that that glimmer of light, God, knowing that you're still God. You're still God. The word says, be still and know that I'm a God. God, help us to be still right now. And know that you are God. God, I thank you right now, God, for this word. I thank you, God, that all things work together, God, for according to your purpose, God. And I thank you, God, that you have our best interests in mind. I thank you for this opportunity. God, for all those that are listening, God, I pray, God, that they will write that word on the tablet of their heart, God. That when they are in a place where it seems like you are nowhere to be found, God, God, bring it to their remembrance that you are right there and that you care more than anybody else. Because you love us. I thank you for this time. I thank you for all that you're doing, God. Continue to to hold us and protect us, God. In Jesus' name, amen.